Hello, I'm Simon Devereaux, Director of Global Talent Development at Framestore, and welcome to the Framestore podcast, the first of two special episodes dedicated to this year's Black History Month. The Framestore podcast is a learning and talent development focused podcast made by Framestore for Framestore. And in this two part episode, we have the privilege of being joined by Abdu Sarko, an FX artist at Framestore Montreal and a teacher for Afro VFX. Afro VFX is a remarkable free training program with a mission to bring 3D and VFX education and career opportunities to the African continent. Additionally, serving as our guest co-host for this special episode is Christophe Boyoko, lead animator based in London. This episode is a celebration of an artist and educator who is truly making a positive impact. So please take a seat, get comfortable and immerse yourself in episode 30, part one of the Framestore podcast, our Black History Month special. Welcome back to another episode of the Framestore podcast, episode 30. Every two weeks, we invite both a guest from our global Framestore community and a co-host with a keen interest in our guest's role, craft or career path. And this week, we have a special focus as we recognize Black History Month. Now, let's get into the heart of the pod. I'll begin by inviting our guests to the Framestore podcast daily session where they'll face our regular 13-question grilling. After that, stick around for this Thursday's second part, where our co-host will lead a deeper dive into why we invited our guest on the pod in the first place. This week promises to be an important conversation that highlights the achievements and perspectives of our special guest, all while recognising the significance of Black History Month. Our special guest this week is Abdu Sarko, FX artist at Framestore Montreal and teacher for Afro VFX, a free training programme whose mission is to bring 3D and VFX education and career paths to the African continent. Abdu has education running through his veins, as he is also a teacher at Rubica Montreal, supporting the college's FX master's degree course. He began his VFX career as an FX artist for MPC in 2017, then at Digital Dimension a year later, RealFX a further year later, then at Method Studios in the summer of 2021. Up to that point, Abdu has amassed credits on shows including, but not limited to, X-Men Dark Phoenix, Underwater, the Harry Potter projection for Universal Studios, Shazam, Scoob, Ms. Marvel, Thor Love and Thunder, and The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power. Last year, Method became Framestore, and he's been with us ever since with credits on The Little Mermaid, Guardians 3, and the forthcoming Rebel Moon. Our co-host for this conversation is Christophe Boyoko, London-based lead animator. Chris has been with Framestore for almost 10 years, with credits to his name including, but also definitely not limited to, Guardians of the Galaxy 3, Guardians of the Galaxy 1, Avengers Infinity War, both Paddington movies, Detective Pikachu, Beast, Fantastic Beasts, Tom and Jerry, and a host of others. With a previous animation role at games company Frontier Developments and a fascinating previous career as a freelance 3D artist, video editor, and compositor, 
we are in fine company indeed. So for the first of our Black History Month special episodes and a very long introduction, it's my pleasure to welcome to the podcast, Abdu and Chris. How are you both? Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Simon. It's a, it's a pleasure for me to be here. You know, it's a great opportunity here. I really appreciate um, doing this. And uh, yes, I know it's going to be a fun one to get together that we're going to have here. And hi, Chris, also. Yeah, and welcome, Chris. And how are you, Chris, today? You good? Yeah, hi, Simon. Uh, yes, I'm very good. Thank you very much for having me. And uh, yeah, very, very good today. So we've got a lot to unpack on this episode, and uh, you're both super credible and experienced artists. I mean, all of those shows, I mean, that wasn't all of them. I mean, I had to cherry pick all the, the heavy hitters from the list you both sent to me. So I very much see this as uh, two peers coming together on the podcast. Um, but the original driving force behind this particular episode, A, was Black History Month. And I know it's Black History Month kind of on the European side. But actually, it's an opportunity to highlight the work you do for Afro VFX, Abdu. Uh, I know we had uh, a few conversations last year around uh, you know, getting Afro VFX involved with my, the work with Access VFX, which is the nonprofit that I run. And those conversations are ongoing in terms of connection to the mentoring program. But I thought this is a really nice opportunity to, of course, celebrate the work that you do, but also talk about Afro VFX and get it more on people's radar, if that's fair to say. And I guess my, my initial question, before we get into the dailies, we'll drop the dailies question shortly where we get into all the, the good stuff around mentoring and career advice. But I'd love for you to articulate, Abdu, you know, what is Afro VFX? And I guess more importantly, what is its mission and role in our VFX and animation industry? You know, Afro VFX is something that I would say means everything to me right now because it's a big project that was created by two amazing guys. I mean, they've been working so hard about it. Um, they did Bilemba and also Eric Mbois. Um, those two guys, they, they decided to create this structure that's going to try to open the door to the VFX everywhere in, the, in Africa. Because, you know, the what we have in Africa, is that's not the same reality as what we have here in North America or in Europe. Uh, we have kids there that every day they're working hard to even try to have some food on the table. So having trying to think about doing some effects is not even something that's in their mind because they don't even have sometimes the computer to be able to do so. And this is where Afro VFX really touched me because that's their mission. What they're trying to do is to actually help all those talented people there because we have a, a lot in Africa, a lot of talented people, and they're here to actually help them to be able to have a place where they can learn VFX and where they can dream to be able to do all those big movies. I mean, Anywhere in the world, we all like superheroes. We all go to the movie theater. We all dream one day to be one of them, uh, one of the superheroes. And knowing that it's something that you can actually do, it's what we want to show them. You know, we really want to show them that there is a way to do it. You can do it too, and we are here to help you. And everything that Afrobeatics been doing so far is this. Is trying to make sure that um, we have something to be able to propulse Africa out there in the world, to have Africa also in the map, to show that Africa also can do it, to show that the African people have the talent to do what is done in the big major studio everywhere in the world. So this is a little bit about the goal that we have. And we starting that small, but eventually we want it to be everywhere. We really want to have all the African people tell themselves that you know what? We can do it too. We can make it. 
we had the opportunity to be able to do big movie like all the others. That's so cool. And uh, yeah, what that that's what really took me with the work you were doing. We were originally connected by Amy and Engie last year when we had our initial conversations was the it's real it's a real grassroots program where you're connecting with young people on the Ivory Coast who you like you say probably don't know anything about the industry might have creative leanings might be interested in drawing or the moving image but they 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 can't connect it to a career or particularly a career which is as intimidating as the VFX industry and you see the work that you both do on the shows that you work on it's terrifying if you look at the end product right and I guess my question Abdu is um, how do you reach the the students that, that that join the Afro VFX courses you know how do you connect with the the right people so this is where uh, my two par- partner there, Debbie and Eric, this is where they do an amazing job. You know, mm-hmm. those guys, they, they're there on the floor. You know, they go there. Um, I remember when we started that, it was almost two years ago. And they just called me out of the blue like this. They just find me on LinkedIn. They say, uh, I see that, you know, you, uh, you're from Ivory Coast. That was one of the things. And mm-hmm. I see that, that you have a, you're doing movies and everything. And we're starting this new project. And um, when they were talking to me about it, they were telling me that we're hoping to maybe do some training for a class of maybe 10 people, if we're lucky, maybe 15. And then, you know, I was interested a little bit. And then they, they went back to uh, Ivory Coast to promote it. So they really went um, everywhere. I mean, they went to TV shows, they talked to people. And at the end, they, they really wanted to people to come and sign up for the training. And that's where we were very surprised. Like I was telling you, we were expecting to have 10 to 15 people. How many people do you think actually sign up for the program? Go with a wild guess. A wild guess. I, I'm going to involve Chris in this as well. I'm going to take a guess at maybe 100 people. What do you reckon, Chris? Have you got a take on that? I'd go to close to 1,000, well, at least. I would have loved 1,000, but at least <laughs> the middle between the two, 500. <laughs> oh, amazing. Wow. We would have loved a thousand, that's for sure. We could have scripted that, but that was completely unplanned. Exactly. So, yeah, right in the middle. No, actually, wow. 500. So when Eric wow. came back and he was telling us that, we were like, okay, so there's really something going on in Africa. There's really an interest there. People actually really want to know how we do that. And I even looked at the TV, because uh, he went on a, on a TV special, and I looked at it, and I really see that people were very interested. and. Somehow it's like all the stars starting to be aligned because we also they also managed to have a partnership with uh, Orange Digital, who actually decided to um, to give us access to their facility. So that was a big thing for us because now we realized that it was possible. You know, at first you talk about it, but you're not too sure how you're going to make it happen. But now you have a place where people will be able to go. Because the whole goal also is that we're making it for free. Because, you know, yeah. we cannot make it hard on them. So it's free. And now we have a place where they can go. They have great computers. So everything is there. And now we see that there is a lot of interest to go. So at the end, like I said, we were trying to get 10 to 15. So we had a hard choice. And we're like, okay, we can only take 20. <laughs> That's a big shortlist. <laughs> we had to start with uh, with 20. So God. now... The world is out there because, you know, now you have 20 people that are here, but you still have 480 that's still waiting to also get their chance to that. And, you know, in Africa, when something is great like that, it's spread easily. Mm. You know, it's something new. People are like, oh, why is this? So 
we're in a good, very, 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 very good timing for that. And that's what is great. Yeah. And, and I, I guess, how do you short, I mean, when the barrier to entry is so low, I imagine, because in, term, in terms of experience, right, and it's free. I mean, it's a shortlist, that amount of people to get 10, you know, the perfect 10 on your ver- the, the first cohort must have been mind boggling. I can't imagine it, you could be the best recruiter in the world and not come up with a, a brilliant competency framework to uh, to vet that amount of people and to have that, that. I imagine there's a waiting list as long as anything for this uh, for the course. It's crazy. It's long forever almost the waiting list, like you can see. But you know, I mean, we try our best. At the end of the day, what we do is that we we ask everybody to send us why they, they want. And something that was also important to us was we really wanted to include also women because mm-hmm. we didn't want to just have boys. So we decided to really try to have a place for everybody. But, you know, we really try our best. All we did now is we picked from 20 of everything that was there. And we still promised the other that this is just the beginning. You know, at the end of the day, we have to start something, but we want to have all the 500 also to have access. Of course, it's yeah. just a matter of time. So we had to start something. We had to, it's a big movement that we're creating right now. It's starting. So now yeah. the, all the doors is going to be open for the rest. You can tell. I mean, I'm already starting to see a lot of LinkedIn posts popping up on my feed now, which is great. It's seeing photos and people going through the courses. And But I guess my, my next question actually, Abdu, is, you know, with it being such a massive success in terms of interest, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's obviously a challenge in terms of that amount of people that you want to get through the program. What's stopping Afro VFX from taking on more? Is it funding? Is it space? Is it available um, artists and teachers? I mean, what what is the kind of call to action uh, for Afro? I'll definitely say it's all of the above. Yeah, you know, all of the above. Every every type of help that we can have for that will be grateful. You mm-hmm. know. It can be, like you say, you know, training. If somebody is good on anything, you know, it can be good in animation, modeling. If you're good at it and you want to help out just by, you can do some masterclass. Even when they do some project, just looking at the project and giving them some feedback. Mm. Um, anything that can help them to really craft their skill at the end of the day. Absolutely, we do need uh, more resources, you know, at the end of the day. Yeah. The more, if we can have more computers, place where they can always stay, Orange help us now, but you know, if you want to make it in a bigger, you will need mm-hmm. more support than that. Uh, company, if they can come and also accept our student to do some internship, for example, yeah, yeah, those are a great thing also. Because I mean, in the first um, core that we have, this is what it was great because once they graduated, they had a chance to actually go in different places. Uh, we have a student that went even to rodeo for for a stage. Oh, uh, some went to different places here um, in Africa also. Uh, they created, they even had uh, this contest uh, from the Trojan horse was a unicorn or THU. So uh, this place is amazing because they did this Sony contest and actually three of our students won the contest and they got a chance to fly all the way to Spain. Whoa. And last week they went all the way to Japan to present the project. It's incredible. So, you know, we everything that anybody can give us will be a great achievement for us already but all the resources that people can give that's that's really what we're looking for at the moment there yeah yeah well we should definitely follow up on that because uh, like we said before in before we hit record there's a few developments on the access vfx side that will absolutely benefit 
uh, particularly the folk who are on the wait list, but also the, the, the folks that are going through the, uh, the course currently or are coming to the end of their course. Um, but this is brilliant. Honestly, I love hearing the, the detail behind this. I mean, how did you how did you get involved? I know you said you got contacted out of the blue, but, you know, was it as simple as that? Did they just track you down? It was as simple as that, you know. <laughs> You have to, sometimes you have to follow your gut. Yeah. I'm not going to lie, you know, so when I go on my LinkedIn, I even give up. Sometimes you receive so many different random things, but sometimes your gut's going to tell you that this is something that's actually going to make a real difference. Yeah. And that's, I was not looking for a job or anything, but I was looking for something that will make a difference. Mm-hmm. How can I help out? And now you're telling me I can do a difference in my own country, in my own continent. Yeah. There was no way that I will just not do everything that I can to make this thing happen. Hmm. Especially when I see two guys like Didi and Eric working so hard on their project, that's when you know that you can invest your time also in it. Yeah. I'm a busy guy myself, yeah, but this is, this is bigger than me, I feel. And I always told them that, you know, we have to take our time with this. The reason why is because we really want this thing to work. Yeah. We really want this thing to make sure that everybody can benefit from that. Mm-hmm. And, what I love about those two guys is they listen. Yeah. They take the time to listen and they they, they 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 have no problem to say that they don't know about something, how this can be done. And when you talk to them and then you see what they do, because again, uh, when you talk to talk, you got to walk to walk. And I can tell you that they don't just rock, they run. You know, mm-hmm. they do everything possible to make this thing happen. So it puts you in a way that you realize that, okay, so let's do it, you know. And myself, I have some contacts too. So putting all this together made that it was perfect. Yeah. You know, like I was telling you, it's almost like you feel like all the stars are aligned to tell you mm-hmm. this is the right path. And two years later, I'm I'm not in a wrong. You know, yeah. I see that it's working. Because they've done a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. And I like that they're trying to do everything for everybody. They even did something called Anima Zone. Hmm. Um, a little bit like Amazon that was effects literally just for the girls also and uh, they actually have people from uh, Canada from Real Effects Rodeo and other studio they flew them all the way to Africa to meet all those young ladies to try to make them see also that you know VFX is something that they also can do hmm. so they're doing so much stuff good stuff for the country for the continent that this is, I realize that this is something that I want to be involved in today yeah. and for a very, 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 very long time. Yeah. And how old is AfroVFX? How long has it been running since you were recruited? I would say three years. Three years. Three years. And in three years, when I'm looking where we at today, I'm, I'm speechless. Because don't forget, it was three years and it was COVID. So mm, with course. all this, yeah. they still managed to put us in a position that we are today. You know, AfroVFX three years ago, nobody even knew about it. Now, I see them in, in different festivals and stuff like that. So mm. it's a movement that's definitely moving. Yeah, I mean, I, three years is nothing. I mean, it's amazing that you've, what you've achieved in three years. Uh, but the sky's the limit. And like I say, I mean, my experience with Access VFX, I mean, uh, that's been going for six years and we're just scratching the surface of getting, like to your point, like there's, it's such an invisible career, visual effects, wherever you are in the world. And everything you've told me sounds like the conversations I was having like six years ago in the UK. You know, there's kids who come up through, learn, they learn Python 
as part of the curriculum, but they don't, they can't, nobody tells them you can use that code to create, I don't know, big, big dumb movies, you know, big old Marvel films and stuff, you know, it just, there's no, there's no connection. And it sounds like it's, it's almost exactly the same in, on the Ivory coast. It's uh, it's bonkers to me. Um, and it's, it's a constant fight getting eyeballs on the careers in our industry outside of, I guess, probably more privileged routes in, you know, whether it be the big kind of feeder universities in the UK, for an example, or in Europe, you know, um, but there's creative kids out there who just need guidance and tutorship and mentorship and just need that in, don't you? And I think it's, uh, it's, it's, yeah, so I'm getting on my soapbox a bit here as always, but it's so important, the work you're doing. One thing is great. Um, like you were saying, you know, when people are not that fortunate and they don't have everything, you should have seen the amount of work that he put into it. Yeah. And that's another thing that really drives us a lot. When you see those students, you know, I'm, we, we were doing it every Saturday, you know, with the time difference, there is almost six hour difference. So they had to, to fit that in their schedule in the middle of Saturday, they were all coming to school. But I was trying to compare them to when I was going to the university and can compare that. Mm. I felt like, you know, yeah. everything was granted for me. Yeah. Me, I was like, oh, I can go to school whenever I want, but the amount of work that they've done in that 14-week period, it's insane. Because mm. this is where you realize that they really want it. They're not just here to, you know, just... Give it a go. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It, they really see that they, they're dreaming about it. They really want it. And up till today, they all, all of the class that we have, they all actually still doing something in, if it's not um, doing FX, they're doing modeling, some are doing animation. So this is when it really makes us feel good about it because we realize that it worked. Yeah. You know, it worked. It made the difference for those 21. It makes a difference. So now what we need to do is to just continue in the same path and making it better and better and better. You're making a real difference, like you said. You know, you're planting that seed, you're creating that platform, and then, you know, 20, 30 years down the line when they're directing and, you know, you know top of their game souping or whatever they're doing in industry, you know, again, that's, you know, you're creating stories, you know, for people. I think it's it's amazing work, and I, I could talk about it for the whole episode. And what we will do is I think let's let's keep the conversation going throughout the, the dailies questions, but I'd love to, at the end of the podcast, um, just uh, ask how people can get involved, how people can support Afro VFX more. Absolutely. I mean, I'll put this out. Uh, I don't normally put this podcast out on kind of external platforms. It's an internal podcast, but I'll absolutely put this out on my LinkedIn and through, through Access VFX as well, because I think we need to get as many as many ear goggles on this episode as possible, just because it's it's huge what you're doing, Abdu, honestly. It's fantastic. And a pleasure to have you on the podcast, as is yourself, Chris, sitting there patiently as I'm... Uh, quizzing abdul on afro vfx uh but um we will return to that but i what i'd like to do is uh summon the the podcast gods and unleash the uh the the, the frame store podcast dailies from on high abdul if uh, it, only if you're ready are you prepared we are ready we are <laughs> uh, right okay so as usual the normal kind of uh, proceedings are the questions get directed at abdul of course but Chris, you don't get to do all the work. I will fire the odd question your way as well. That's all good. So uh, don't you don't get to sit there and listen to uh, Abdu <laughs> dropping knowledge. He'll be uh, called on as well. Okay, so let's drop the dramatic sound effect from on high. Let's do it. Here we go. And we're into the dailies, people. Um, my first question is, 
which I think we've established, but I have to ask you, Abdu, is the, the who, where, what? Who are you? Where are you? And what are you working on? But only if you're allowed to talk about it, which I imagine you probably can't. So, um, well, my, my name is Sako Abdu, but uh, my full name is actually Abderrahman. Sako Abdu is a short for uh, Abderrahman. I'm a, I'm a very proud African born and raised in Ethiopia, um, coming from uh, Ivory Coast and Mali. My mom was from Ivory Coast, my dad from Mali. I immigrated here in Canada 20 years ago. Uh, currently, I'm working at Framestore and uh, FXR Design Framestore. I'm working on the uh, Rebel Moon, actually, the next yes, show. Yes, of course. Yeah. I can't tell what I'm doing, but <laughs> yeah. it's, it's uh, out there in the world now. Yeah, exactly. It is out there in the world. The yeah, exactly. There. Exactly. Amazing. Great, great. Finally, we get an artist who can talk about what they're working on. Amazing. Uh, what about you, Chris? <laughs> Hi. So my name is Krzysztof Boyoko, but most of the people call me Chris because it's a bit easier. And uh, I was born in Poland. My mom is, is from Poland and my dad is from Congo, from Africa and Congo. Okay. Uh, I was born in Poland and grew up in Congo and came here. Now I'm here in the UK. I've been here for about 18 years. Wow. And uh, I work at Framestore. I think in December it will be 10 years at Framestore. Amazing. Amazing. 10 years. Wow, that's nuts, isn't it? First decade. Yeah, as, as uh, a lead animator, of course. So I started... Uh, more like a, a mid animator, and I took some higher roles until I became an elite. Wow! Wow! Brilliant! Thank I was you. I'm actually wondering, Chris, because that's exactly when I saw Boyoko, I was like, "This sounds so African." <laughs> 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 that's what I was wondering, yeah. and then I saw your name, Chris. And I was like, "Okay, but that's that's it's not spelled how it will be spelled in Africa." That's quite confusing. <laughs> Well, Chris, thanks for confirming your tenure, because that is question two, which is the 10 years at Framestore. Abdu, was I on strong factual ground with my introduction on your uh, time with Framestore? Uh, Framestore, I mean, I'm losing time, track of time myself. Oh, it's almost great. two years that I've been at Framestore, yeah. Yeah, but how long in the industry? A long time in the industry, right? Uh, in the industry, it's been seven years now. Seven years. Six, seven years that I've been uh, in the industry. Cool. But it's incredible how the time pass. <laughs> I honestly, I mean, it's got. I'm getting close to my two years at Framestore, and I still feel completely brand new. So it's. Uh, I think COVID has a lot to answer for as well. But that's a whole other conversation we can unpack as we uh, we get into the conversation. But the question I will ask both of you actually is about your break in the VFX industry. I'll start with uh, with you, Abdu. Is you know how did you get into visual effects? You know what was the uh, what was the what was the big break? Was it the the early days or you know, what would you consider to be your break, I guess, is my question. Um, that would be when I um, decided to go back to school because, you know, I, I always, when I was younger, I always liked to be, uh, always like video games. I know I'm a super geek and uh, it's always been one of my dreams trying to do some video game or anything related to game. Mm -hmm. And when I was back in Quebec City, um, I still wanted to follow that path. And uh, so uh, I went to school, but unfortunately I went to, at the same time I was working a part-time job that became a full-time job. And there, you know, everything was going fine there. And it's like, I almost forgot my dream. You know, mm -hmm. you get, you get into the limbo of, okay, you have bill to pay and everything. So I spent seven years doing customer service till one day um, there was this school called the NAD. Um, they used to be a private school, and back then I couldn't afford a private school. But then they, they became sponsored by the University of Chicoutimi, 
So it became a program that will be more decent. So I said, you know what, let me, let, me, let me go back and try this. So when I got to this school, this is really when I really realized that I love everything about VFX, you know? Mm-hmm. It was not even game anymore. It was really, I had this thing about the movie. And at first I wanted to be a comper because uh, I didn't even know that effects existed. That's a little bit, you know, when you look at movie, you don't know mm. who does what. The only thing I was introducing to was uh, comping. So I've done that. And on the second year of the bachelor, you have uh, the first class of effects. And this is where I met my teacher, uh, Benoit Robert. And this guy, the way he was teaching us, I don't know, it really, it really got me. And it really made me realize that this is exactly what I wanted to do. Because when I was doing comping, I was just taking footage from everywhere. But it's funny, but I still didn't understand that you were not really the one creating that explosion. You're just getting that from somewhere. And when Benoit showed me that it's his department who actually create that explosion that I love, it's when I was like, okay, this is great. So... At the school there, what is great about the NAD also is on the last semester, they put you in like a situation of a real production. So you have to create a short movie. And with that short movie, uh, it was a whole class. We were uh, 20 at least there. And I got a chance to be the lead effects in that short movie. And what is great is that at the end of the year, you can also present that movie to a lot of people of the industry. So uh, they do this gala where everybody comes. So when we when we sh- when we showcase our project, I was very shocked and surprised. But by the end of the gala, I had three company that came actually to me and telling me, "Well, this is great what you guys did. Would you like to join?" So this is where I really took my time to you know take a decision about it. I talk a lot with uh, Benoit Robert, who advised me. You know, I'm somebody who, as much as I'm excited, I like to really take my time to make a right decision. So Benoit was telling me um, a lot of different options. And one thing that really caught me is the fact that he, uh, I chose to go to MPC. And the reason why is because they were offering an academy. Oh, yes, of course. And what was good about that is that I felt it would have been a great transition for me. Because I was excited, but I was scared. I wasn't sure if I really were able to do you know, all those big things. And then he told me, you know, what is great about the academy is that you'll have a little... A, a little time to adapt yourself. And then after that, you'll be right away in a company where you'll be working on big movies. Yeah. So this is when I decided to uh, follow that path. And here we are, seven years later, doing something that I love to do. Yeah, that's interesting. Because I remember when I was at the mill years ago, um, the MPC Academy had a great reputation. I'm kind of less connected to it now, but I remember, and actually it speaks to your educational leanings after being a teacher, what you do with Afro, but also your first break at MPC being the home of the academy, which is essentially a, a great, uh, I guess, toolkit for any, for any, any artist, which uh, I imagine has kept you in good stead ever since through your various moves throughout industry. Absolutely. I'm not gonna, there was also one big thing is that um, they were working on the Lion King Ah, and I'm, I was such a fan. That was a big deal <laughs> at the time, wasn't it? Yeah, that was the the deal breaker. After I said, "Okay, that's good. Uh, let's, do let's go for it." But the academy helped a lot. It helped a lot. You know, that's for sure. Cool. Now that's a great, great story. Thank you, Abdul. What about you, uh, Chris? What would you consider to be your 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 break in industry? Was it that first role, or what did was it earlier than that, or later than that? Um, for me, um, after high school, 
I wanted to go to university. And uh, before that, I took some time off. I wanted to spend, to work, to find a job that was back in Congo, in Africa. So uh, I was using uh, the family's computer and I, I discovered that program uh, called Premiere. It was very early for video editing. I, I was doing some, some experimenting, experimenting with Premiere and uh, there was someone from the family who saw me, who was working in a uh, marketing agency and in the commercial department, they had a commercial department, they were, they were looking for a video editor. I didn't really know how to do it, but I pretended that I did. <laughs> uh, I went for an interview. I got the job at the end and I mostly learned on the job. So I was working at, as a video editor for a couple of years, for, for about four years. And then after that, my, my, my dream of, I, I was still planning to go to university. And uh, because I, I really started to like video editing, I got into compositing. I wanted to do uh, video production at university. So at some point, I, I quit my job. I came to the UK. Wow. I started a video, uh, a directing program. And when I took the program, I discovered animation there. Cool. So I switched from, from movie making to animation. After a few years, I, I took an extra course in animation called Animation Mentor. Oh, yeah, I know. No, well. Yeah. Which after a few months, after completing the, the, the 18-month course, uh, I started looking for a job. I looked everywhere. My, 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 my goal was to work in VFX, in movies. Mm. Uh, but I wasn't ready. At the time, I got a job in, in video games. And I spent about three years. I was working on my demo reel nearly every day during the three years until I got my break at Framestore. Wicked, wicked, yeah. Here you are many, many years later. It's great. Yes. And I love that kind of uh, that shared games interest with you both as well. Like, Abdi, you talk about that love for games. I was taking look going through your LinkedIn profile, Chris, which is the only the only research I do is LinkedIn and maybe IMDb. I I, it's not that robust. But yeah, I saw that link where you, you did that, yeah, a good tenure at that games, at the games company working on a, a number of, of big games releases, I guess. Um, yeah, but you know, coming back to working in the movies, and again, both of you have amassed some seriously heavyweight credits. I mean, you must both. I mean, both of you must be incredibly proud. Like any artist working in the industry, to have, you know, your name attached to those those shows forever. So that's it. It's written in the, it's written in the credits for the yeah history history books. You know, I think which is, which is amazing. But you know, Simon, uh, for the credit, it's it's funny because sometimes I don't even realize. Mm. Some people make me realize yeah. that, especially with the kids in Africa, for example. You know, when you when you're in that industry, working on Marvel and all that, you get used to it, but you don't realize how for other people it's it's, it's really not. something yeah. big. It is not, and it's true that when you step back and you look at it, you see we did a big achievement at the end of the day. And that's 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 real. Yeah, I mean, you're, I mean, I geek out on the credit thing quite a lot on the podcast because I always say that, you know, film, cinema is obviously part of culture. It's part of life. And lo long after we're, we're all dead, those movies will still be out in the world. You know, be a while yet. You're both very good looking young men. But, you know, my point is, is that, you, you know, it'll be around forever and ever. This is inc it's incredible. And your names are there and, you know, embossed on that, that, that show, which I just think is amazing. But anyway, I'm going to stop uh, bigging you both up now. You've helped a big drop enough in the introduction. <laughs> um, so 
Uh, what's the best thing about being part of Framestore there? So we've talked about breaks. You're both here at Framestore. What is the best thing about being part of uh, the team? I will say the people, yeah. to be honest. Uh, for me, I feel like all the company are more or less the same. Mm. You know, it's just a different pipeline, different movie, different show. But what will make the big difference for me is the people that you're working with. Yeah. Um, I feel that, you know, I feel that we're really blessed to have people like that here in Frame Store. Because um, it, it's people that are willing to help, the people that that here for you. And another great thing about that is that there is no there's no grade. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you do. You can be a runner, you can be a VFP soup, you can be a HOD. We can all go in the same table and take a beer and still have gonna have the same fun. Mm. And this is really something that I love about it. Cause you know, we're here to work, yes, but at the same time you need to be in a in, in a place where you feel good. Yeah. And that helps you every time when you go because you're like okay you know i'm working and you feel like you're working with a team at the end of the day yeah and for sure you know framesor has amazing movie amazing talent yeah. movie that you can work on but the people for me is the main main thing about it that i love yeah yeah that no, comes up a lot for sure and uh, i think the nature of the work we do particularly the the work that production teams do in our and, and teams of artists is it's a massive team it's a massive global team, isn't it? So yeah, yeah, you have to have that, the strength of the people behind that. You know, and you, again, going back to the credits, you see the the massive names at the end of any any show for any visual effects studio. And you know, that team can only work if everybody connects, collaborates, works well together, plays nice. You know, shares feedback, all of that good stuff. So that doesn't surprise me, Abdu. Um, Chris, do you have a different take on that, or the same? A hundred percent, I agree with Abdu. It's it's the people at Framestore. Uh, having to to learn from everyone, to get inspired by everyone's work. It's it's amazing. And it pushes you to be better every day. Yeah. So it's 100% of people at Framestore. Brilliant. Great answers both. Thank you. Um, so we're staying in the, the realm of Framestore at the moment for the next question, which is uh, we're going to talk it's the geeky bit. We're going to talk about the shows. Now, as I've already said, you've both worked on some incredible shows. Now, you don't necessarily have to talk about a show you've worked on, but my question is, Abdu, if you could recommend one show that truly showcases Framestore at its best, what would it be? So it's the show you'd show to an alien to go, yep, this is what Framestore do. What would you go for? It's a toughie, isn't it? I mean, one of the first time that I really heard about Framestore was through Deadpool. Oh, okay. So that's that, That's one of the first time when people showed me the work on Deadpool. I was like, oh, okay, they're doing some cool stuff. And also uh, the Fantastic Beast. Mm -hmm. So... The, all the creature and all that. Paddington was cute and very nice too. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I know you say one, but you, you <laughs> there's so much. <laughs> I can't argue with you, Abdu. It's your episode. You can have you can have three. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, so Paddington, uh, Fantastic Beast, and Deadpool. Yeah, I mean, again, great, great shouts. Um, and I know you both, uh, I know, Christoph, I think you've worked on Fantastic Beasts and Paddington, haven't you? But uh, do, you have a, do you have an answer for that? What would be the show that you'd wheel in front of a, an alien? Uh, for me, uh, personally, I'd say Paddington. Uh, Abdu mentioned it, but I will, uh, especially for animation, uh, being an animator, we try and, and uh, give the, the illusion that those characters are al alive. Yeah. So they don't only move, but it feels like they think and they, they have emotions. Yeah. So Paddington was a special one for me because that character is completely animated, but... Mm -hmm you have the impression as if he's alive close to the actors and and he's real 
Yeah, it's the emot it's the emotive piece, isn't it, with uh, the characters, yeah. whether it be the the guardians that, that you both worked on actually in various guises uh, and roles and disciplines. But you know, the that's an emotional roller coaster that film, and the emotion that comes out of those fairy creatures is uh, stunning. And to think that they started with a, a blank screen, you know, I think it's uh, yeah. it's insane that you can be so bought in. And I've listened to loads of podcasts unrelated to the Frame Store podcast that talk about the movie. And they talk about how heartbreaking it is. I listen to a lot of cinema podcasts and it keeps coming up as a pretty emotional moment for a lot of people. Um, and that's, that's a credit to the teams. And again, it goes back to what you said, Abdu, about the teams working well together because you can't produce content like that without a solid team, you know, collaborating, as I said. Um, Abdu, if you don't mind me asking, uh, Ab, of the shows you've worked on, what's been the favorite one that you've worked on? If you don't mind me asking, it's not in the pre-scripted questions. The favorite one that I've worked on, which one would I go for? I really like uh, right now Robel Moon. I find it's very mm. cool. Um, 1800, I liked it, but it was too short because I didn't work on it too long. Mm. So, uh, so far, I would say Robel Moon. Okay. When it comes to the effects that yeah. need to be done, this is going to be, uh, it's gonna be big, isn't it? a big one. Yeah, I think this one's gonna be a very, very, very cool one. It looks what I've read about it in the in you know the the movie press is that it's being almost built up as the next big franchise, the next big science fiction. I think so. Of almost a, almost the next Star Wars, you know. So I think it's uh, which we need. Um, so uh, I'm going to talk about um, common myths. So we're getting in some quite interesting questions now, Abdu, and, and these this is my my favourite set of questions, which is what is a common myth about your your job? role or field of expertise what do people often get wrong about your role in fx a lot of time when um, i see people they're always asking me uh, did they think that i can change the script you know uh, why uh, for example in tor is not doing that make sure that next time he does this and this and this and i'm like you know this is above my pay grade there you know <laughs> all i do is they ask me to do an effect and i'm doing this but they have this impression that we're doing also the whole movie you know and i tell them you realize that, you know, when we go to the movie, I'm like, oh, this is what I do. And they just blink and it's gone already. And I say, yes, that's that's how it is. Yeah. We work by five seconds. And in that five seconds, we probably nine people working, doing yeah. different things. So they always think that you're doing everything and it's all done like this. I'm like, no, 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 no. This takes time. This takes a lot of time. And no, I cannot change the script, guys. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're on set, you know, whispering in the director's ear. Uh, yeah, that's an interesting one. And actually what you say there about shots, I mean, they are just like over in a heartbeat. And you know, if you work in this industry, how long those artists worked on those shots. That's why if I'm watching something at home with my wife and she's, you know, averting her eyes i'm not half, i'm pausing it i'm like a you know you have to watch this you have to absorb everything we're not watching it while we eat you know you're looking at your dinner while you're watching this incredible incredible work in front of you you need to absorb it because people have worked hard on every every second particularly cinema now which is it is vfx heavy isn't it i mean there's nothing that doesn't have whether it's practice you know, whether it's a uh, hidden visual effects like a maverick or uh, or a big bombastic movie like Guardians Three, you know, it's uh, it's a good answer, Abdu. Thank you. Um, I'm going to move into lessons learned for both of you. Actually, this is where we're getting into some of the advice, and uh, I, I, from what I hear, is well, uh, questions uh, that interest people who listen. Which is, what is the most important lesson you've learned over your career to date, Abdu? You know, what's a what's a big a big learning for you? I will say that after all this time, I realized that there's something important that is. Um, don't be shy if you don't know 
and don't be shy to ask people. Yeah. Um, a big error that we always do when we we starting, you know, is that we we scare to to ask for help. Mm. We we try to put everything on ourselves, and that makes that sometimes you have to realize that just having the help of somebody can help you a lot. And it's it goes to the point to say you also have to prioritize your mental health above everything else, regardless what's coming your way. So if you can have some help of some people that can help you do a shot, just ask them. You know, people are nice. People, most of the time when they see that you need help, mm. they, they, will, they will help you. And if they cannot, maybe they're going to direct you to somebody who can help you out. Yeah. So I would say yes. Don't don't put everything on yourself. Yeah. yeah. At what point in your career did you learn that after out of interest? Um, I will say that to be honest, me, I'm, I'm always somebody who like to, to talk to people. I always love to learn from people. Mm. So uh, even at MPC, it didn't take long yeah. for me to start doing this because, you know, I, I always feel that you always learn a lot from others, yeah. you know. And I remember sometime I had this shot that I was struggling for almost a week and there was this uh, chord that just came and she's like, why don't you just do it like that? You know, a silly, a silly way of doing it. And it just went, yeah, this is how it's supposed to be done. So I'll say I'm the type of person who always been talking to others. So that helped a lot. And having a mentor like Benoit Robert, who told me that yeah. before going into the industry. Yeah. So that preps me to be able to, you know, relax about it. But don't get me wrong. I put a lot, though, on myself. Yeah. But after a couple of years, you realize that, you know, it's it's fine. Yeah. And that's the that's the foundation of that answer there is your mentor told you that. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's the power of mentoring is to get that um, enlightenment and to get that clarity at that point in your career. Because some people don't get it. Some people get hired to do a role because they believe they, they've been hired because they're the experts at whatever they've been hired to do so for them to show any kind of vulnerability it's arguably weakness uh people are terrified of going actually i don't know this or you know and like you say you end up procrastinating on something for weeks and weeks where it can be solved as you say in a heartbeat with a complete shortcut or clear bit of advice um so i think that's really really great great advice and, and a great lesson lesson to learn uh chris i'm going to bring you in on, on this question as well you know what's the most important lesson you've learned i mean you've been in the game for a good i think you said 18 years um what have you learned in that period of time yeah i'd say that my answer is more or less similar to what i have to say is that uh no matter how experienced you are you you will never stop learning like there's so much to learn on every single project. Actually, every project always feels like it's the first time you're doing what you do mm. because there's always something to learn, something new. Yeah. And and it's great. It makes it fun. It makes it very, very interesting as well. It never gets boring. Yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? Because uh, again, you know, you've both got kind of a lot of experience in the industry. And I imagine, because I'm not a visual effects artist, but I imagine you, when you start a new show, it's a completely different dynamic different soups directors involved whether it be the people on set you know actually making them directing the actors or or the team and so i guess you can't go in with the same approach every time right i mean that's a that's a great insight but you can still go with the same base yeah it's not the same approach but it will always be the same base so yeah that's what's helped at the end of the day after that is again but chris is right every show feel like it's a 
it's a new journey that you're going through. Yeah. Yeah. And what you said about always learning as well, um, for want of repeating myself on the podcast, because um, I know not everybody listens to every episode, so I'm going to say it anyway, is that I believe that nobody ever, ever reaches mastery. Nobody ever gets to a point in their career where they have achieved, they've ticked every box, they know everything about their craft, and that's it. They can just kick back and have an easy life because you're constantly, particularly in our industry, it's constantly evolving, constantly changing, whether it be software, approaches, pipeline, uh, it keeps you on your toes, right? It keeps you fresh. It does. Great answers, guys. Honestly, thank you so much for those. Uh, this is really, really cool. Um, so you've touched on mentoring already, Abdu. Um, uh, you mentioned Benoit earlier. You know, the question is, who has been your most important professional mentor? I'm assuming it is Benoit, but do you have another answer for me? I will say Benoit. Yes, absolutely. Uh, there is Mike Mendez. Also, he was mm. uh, my when I was also starting at NPC. He was the first one that I would say he was not a lead, but he was a senior. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing when I started at MPC. You know, imagine my first show was um, X-Men Dark Phoenix, the first show ever that I do. The first effects that they asked me to do is on the main effects of Chain, which is the Dark Phoenix effects when she go on fire. Wow. So you cannot start in the most harder way than that. But I had Mike. Mike was uh, the one who was de- uh, developing the tool and everything. So with him, I learned so much. You know, I mean, in one month, I think that I've learned more than anything that I've done at school and everything in one month with him. So him too, I would say that he really helped me because he really helped me to put my ground there and really understand how to navigate and work with stuff. Mm-hmm. So Benoit Robert, 100%, but Mike Mendez also, it's, a, it's another one that helped. Yeah. And all the others, to be honest, there's so many. Each show, there was always, always, always some reliable people that makes me who I'm at today. And that's thanks to all of them. Yeah, it's a good point. Um, there's so many. Um, Russell Dodgson mentioned it on his episode. He talked to, he coined the phrase, phrase micro mentors, which I've brought up on the podcast a few times where, and actually, actually it speaks to your point, Chris, around, you know, starting a new show. And then, and, and what you said, Abdu, about all of the people who make the sh- that show great and, you know, all the people connecting and working as a team. So I imagine you're surrounded by mentors at all levels, whether it's uh, junior to you or, or senior to you or, or peer to peer. I think uh, every, like every day is a school day, right? It's uh, constantly learning. And it doesn't always have to be a um, senior. You know, yeah. I've learned a lot, a lot yeah. from junior also. You know, you learn from all of them. Oh, totally. It goes back to the Afro VFX work that you do. I mean, one of the biggest mentoring myths is uh, your mentor doesn't always have to be some senior sage person who's been in the game for 50 years. You know, it could be somebody who's just got into industry and you get to soak up their perspectives of industry as they come in. And uh, there's so much reverse mentoring going on there. It's unreal, isn't it? Absolutely. And you must get that from particularly from the kids that you're teaching with Afro and all the other different educational establishments you work for as well. It's super cool. Alrighty. Uh, anybody you want to shout out, Chris? It'd be remiss of me not to ask you to uh, shout out any MVPs if you have. have <laughs> uh, honestly, it would be very hard for me to to single out one person because every single lead or supervisor has has taught me something that I still up to today use. Like if there is a certain shot that I get, I would remember that that supervisor who advised me to do it that way, and it's in my mind. I never forget. If I had to single out one single person uh, mm-hmm. out of everyone there, I, I think it would be my very first lead at, uh, at Frame Store, Sydney Combo. Oh. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was fresh out of, 
out of, uh, I started in VFX. I had no idea how to polish a shot. And he was there. He was showing me every step until, until it looked polished. So, yeah. Nice. Nice. Good, good shout. Thank you, Chris. He's part of uh, Afro VFX now. Even. All right. We collaborated. With no him. way. Yeah. He is an amazing, amazing guy. Brilliant. Wow. What a, what a link up. Amazing. This was meant to be, right? Pairing you both on this podcast now. Excellent. So many, uh, so many uh, connections, which is awesome. Um, okay. I'm going to move into my next question then both, which is about underrated tools. You know, what, what underrated tools are indispensable for your job in effects, Abdu? You know, what, what do people underrate? Underrated tool. Coffee. Coffee. <laughs> that's a, that is very rated. Coffee is something that's there. Uh, YouTube, it's something that mm. we use, especially when it comes to reference and all yeah, that yeah, yeah. Uh, footage, YouTube. Yeah. Coffee and YouTube. We should rename this episode Coffee and YouTube. Coffee YouTube. That's 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 gonna make your life easier. Oh, I love that. That's that's gonna that's going straight in the t-shirt collection, that quote. That's brilliant. Uh, what about you, Chris? Underrated tool in the animation game. Coffee and YouTube are definitely up there, but I will add uh, my my camera phone. Super helpful when I need some reference myself or if I see something interesting that I can record, it's very useful. Yeah, I mean, what, what must have it been like for early visual effects artists trying to get reference before the internet or before, you know, or the early days of the internet? And now you can just get it anywhere. I mean, YouTube's insane now. It's true. I mean, it's still so relevant as well, isn't it, as a, as a platform? But I love the animator, the animation department, though. When you go walking there, all there, you all see them doing all reference. <laughs> yeah. That's a more, the most active department you'll have in the industry. You go to the animators. You're going to yeah. see them doing all type of stuff. Always amazing. They're literally animated. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, right. Now we're getting into advice. So again, you know, there's a real educational uh, theme with our episode today, talking about the work you do with Afro uh, Abdu. But what is one piece of advice you'd give to someone starting out in the industry or in your field? You know, what's what one golden nugget that you would have put out there? I'll say, remember that you're here because it's a choice that you made and dream that you want to accomplish. And you have to understand that life is not always that easy. So it won't always be a walk in the park, but if you believe in what you're doing mm -hmm. and if you seek for the help of what you're doing, you will make it. The most, the best thing I'll say is that do not give up. You know, and it's very important that people understand that the industry that we're in, it's not always easy. And it's very important. That's something that I always tell to my students. I say, yes, you see, you see us right now happy. We tell you that we worked on that. We worked on this. Mm -hmm. But you have also to have the mental capability to understand that this requires also work. Mm -hmm. You know, so you have to be ready for that. And you need to have fun. You know, it's, 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 it's a job that we're doing it because we love what we're doing. You need to have fun with it. But again, I know I said it before, the most important throughout the whole thing is make sure that your mental health, yeah. you take care of it. That's important because when you do 72 hours overtime, sometimes you don't even think anymore. Yeah. Take that time that you need for yourself. And again, don't be shy to ask help. It's it's a team effort here, and we all here for each other at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. I know you mentioned that earlier as well, the whole mental health piece. And uh, I, I, it's interesting. I'm doing an education panel at a View Conference, and it's called. Uh, we're calling it. I think they're calling it spaghetti and icebergs. So spaghetti represents the squiggly career paths that we all go on because 
there's no linear career path for anybody. It's not a straight line to success. You know, there are setbacks and there's, you know, there's pandemics and there's all kinds of things of family and friends and relationships and career decisions. And then the icebergs is what you see above the, uh, the ocean isn't always what you get in terms of what that person's going through at that period of time, what battles they're dealing with, whether it's uh, historic or current or, or upcoming. So I think, uh, yeah, that's come up a few times on the pod as well, Abdu, about preserving and prioritizing your mental health. And uh, yeah, we should definitely return to that as we, we go through this conversation. Good advice, Abdu. Thank you. Um, what about you, Chris? What's a, a golden nugget of advice you'd give to somebody starting out in uh, visual effects in the animation industry? Uh, I will definitely say keep learning. It never stops. It doesn't matter how experienced you are, you have to keep learning because the day you stop learning is the day you will fail, basically. Yeah. The day you stop learning is the day you, you don't do good work anymore. Mm. And uh, of course, take care of yourself. Uh, it, it can be a job where there's a lot of work. So we have to find time to stop, to relax, to think about other things, take care of the family. It's very important. Otherwise, it can happen that you lose the drive of mm. being positive and doing what you do. Yeah, and again, it goes back to what you were saying, both of you, about asking questions, being curious, always learning, always being open to new ideas, whether you're starting a new show or you just don't know something and you know, put your hand up, right? And, and yeah, again, prioritizing family and, and mental health is so, so important. Thank you both. So Abdu, this is my arguably my favorite question on the podcast. They're all, they're all my babies. But this one is, uh, what's one question you wish I'd asked you and how would you have answered it? And I might have covered everything, but I'm just... I don't know. <laughs> Excellent. That's always a good answer for me. Uh, what else if I have other stuff that I do? Yeah. And what you the do? answer will be, I think that uh, I should have clone of myself sometime because I'm involved in so many different things. I was going to say. You know, like we say, Afro VFX, um, teaching. But I'm actually also a basketball coach on the ah. weekend for kids between 9 to 11. Wicked. Uh, that's, that's something, you know, that, that is great. I think that I love to give a lot to, to others, mm. either by teaching or for doing the other stuff. I'm an entrepreneur also on the side. Mm. Uh, my family, for example, we actually just bought a franchise for one of the big companies doing pet food um, in the UK. Wow. And also in the United States, we're starting. So... I mean, we have a lot of different things, and I like to do device, to diversify my stuff in different. You know, the franchise that we own, it's uh, it's called Bravery Pet Food Canada, and it's something that started in Spain. It's a premium pet food company that we have, and I'm doing a lot of project that I cannot talk yet in Africa too. Wow, man! But you know, I'm involved in a lot, a lot of things. But overall, I would say I'm also a super dad. Because my family is my number one priority on top of the whole thing. Wow. So yeah, I mean the rest, the, the rest of the time. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I mean, I you know, I I run a nonprofit and I have my job at Framestore, and I have a family. But I that, I struggle. I struggle balancing everything. I mean, how do you? I mean, a vi from my experience working in this industry, visual effects artists work hard and work serious hours. So you're doing that. You're supporting an, a master's degree course. You're supporting afro vfx you're setting up a franchise a pet food franchise and there's other stuff in the works and you're doing some extra work in africa i mean honestly dude i mean 
you say they haven't invented cloning yet, but maybe there's something going on in uh, your part of the world that you're not telling us because uh, that's amazing. Trust me, when they invent cloning, I will be on top of the list to have one. Well, dude, I'll be... Uh... But again, when you're passionate about what yeah, you do, it's, drive. It, sound, it sound a lot, but it's not that much. Yeah, a passion is the driver, isn't it? I think, I think if you... you and exactly. it goes back to... Uh, what you said earlier in the episode about making a real difference, like, you know, having that drive, I think is so important and leaving a legacy and, 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 cr- and changing people's lives. I mean, there's nothing like it. And I can speak from experience with, with access VFX. It's uh, it's important work it really is. Okay. Right. Nearly there with this episode folks. And then I'm going to hand over cause you think it's over Abdu. I mean, I mean, you may not, you may think I've done a good job with the questioning, but Chris has got some serious questions coming your way for part two. Um, but what's, uh, who would you like to hear on the podcast? It's my question is, who would you like to hear from the Framestore community on this podcast to go through the same experience as you? Uh, who I would like to hear? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe uh, a director. Oh, okay. Actual, you know, like Rob and I wouldn't mind hearing from Zach himself. Oh, wow. If I get Zach on the podcast, that would be... <laughs> I mean, yeah, we need to be going for a few more years on this podcast, get a bit more, uh, get a few more subscribers. But yeah, we can, we can work towards that. But, you know, like I say, big dreams. But I would love to see the view of, you know, a director. How, how does he see the artists? You know, Ooh. how, how do they see the artists himself? And that's something I find a lot of time that we forget about the, the artists. You know, we, all we talk about is mm. actors, directors, but you know, when you look at movie, all those names that you see at the end of the credits, you have to understand that those are the, the superhero right yeah. there. Without them, there ain't no movie. Yeah, right. That's something that would be very interested to know from the other side. How is their view about everything that we do? Okay. Well, I know I know a couple of, uh, you know, low-budget indie directors. Uh, but hey, you never know. There's something in that, Abdu. Thank you. I'll uh, get my thinking cap for potential guests. What about you, Chris? Who would you like to hear on the podcast? Um, I would like to hear about uh, a VFX supervisor's experience on the overall how they manage the projects and how, how they deal with clients and yeah, to, to hear about the, their perspective and their day-to-day work. Cool. Well, we, we have a few on the hit list, so that's good to know. That gives me a, a, an extra business case to approach certain people at Framestore. So uh, mm-hmm. thank you, Chris. Okay, before we close out part one of this episode, uh, I've got a couple of uh, fun questions, which is if you had to eat one meal for the rest of your life, what would it be? It's actually a meal from Ivory Coast. It's called achiki poisson. Okay. So achiki, I would say it's um, the closest thing to achiki will be couscous. Okay. And But it's made out of uh, manioc and uh, with some fish. Oh. This thing, grilled fish, I'm telling you, when you eat this, you you don't even understand what's happening. It's delicious. Oh, man. It's a, it's a meal from Ivory Coast. Achiki poisson, poisson fish okay, in French, yeah, yeah. but that's delicious. But there is a lot. Yeah, I bet, but that's <laughs> the go-to. That, that would be my number one. That if you had to. Oh, yeah, for sure. Do you, do you make it at home or can you only really experience it on the Ivory Coast? Well, I can make it too. I can make it at home, yeah. You can make it from yeah. everywhere. But for sure, there's nothing like home food though. Yeah. When you go back in Ivory Coast, that's that's another level. But you can have it anywhere. You can do it yourself. It's very easy. Yeah. So when you take a bite of that dish, what what pops in your brain? What memory? What is there a memory that you go back to when you eat that, that food? Uh, the street food. Yeah. You know, I remember myself being in Africa, literally after school, you see that guy just in front of the school 
you know, hustling and selling his his food. You know, that's that, that's a big thing in Africa. You know, everybody hustle. You know, you're trying to make mm, that money. Yeah. You go there with your friend right. and they put it into this um, uh, palm leaf. Yeah. You know, it's very cool. They put it there and then you eat that with your hands nice. and you go back home. Wow. And that's the kind that's where the entrepreneurial spirit comes from, right? Like you say, growing up on those streets, right? That's wicked. Exactly. Absolutely. Wow. Well, that sounds delicious, Abdu. Thank you. And and Chris, have you got to go to a dish? Like, a, you know, you could only eat if, if there's one meal, what would it be every day? For me, it's going to be, I think I'm not going to survive because that's going to be bad. But <laughs> I'm not too picky. If I had to find something very simple, uh, it's going to be sandwiches because I can... Just a sandwich. Yeah. Again, getting anything inside. Yeah. Oh, so you're going for the hack answer yeah. where you can kind of diversify the meal. Exactly. It's a bit of a cheat. As it's you, Chris, I'll, I'll let you have it. But uh, yeah, great, great answers, um, even if it is a cheat. I'm a cheat, Simon. What about yours? Me? Oh, it changes all the time. I love, um, you know what? Uh, we had an, uh, an Access VFX event last week and uh, it was for XVFX, which is our uh, race uh, equity group. So we have QVFX, we have XVFX. And we had uh, Caribbean food at the event. And I haven't had a good dish of Caribbean food with plantain and chicken and rice and beans and just macaroni and cheese. And uh, yeah, the whole shebang. And I sat at my, uh, the events coordinator at the event, she just put a plate aside because I was quite busy with the event. And me and the uh, Josh, our videographer, just sat down at the end of the night. Everybody had gone even client services had gone, we just sat down and ate this food. It was still warm and it was just arguably the best meal I've ever had. It was amazing. It was delicious. So it's a toss between that literal meal I had last Thursday or um, I do love ramen. I am a ramen guy. Uh, I like a green, a green chili ramen and from a place in New York when I go, which is rare. And I don't think it's there anymore. I think COVID has shut it down. But, uh, but yeah, I'm a food guy. But yeah, they're my two. That's where I'm at at the moment but I'd probably go Caribbean food. You eat spicy? I do. My wife is Mauritian. Okay. And she is a fiend for chili. So <laughs> she will go for, when I used to travel to LA, uh, I used to go to these uh, chili shops. They'd sell chili sauces from like zero to kind of off the charts hot. And I'd always try and get the, the one chili sauce that would defeat her. And she's yet to be defeated. She's uh, incredible when it comes to chili. I'm getting better. We've been together for over 20 years now. And uh, my son's getting into it now. He's, he's nearly 10 and he's dabbling into uh, chili sauces. He's well into his, his, uh, his spicy food. But yeah, I like it hot. I like it hot, but not too hot. So try a lot of different uh, West African food. You, yeah. you have some pretty hot there. <laughs> yeah, definitely. All right. Well, I'll, get, I'll get a few, uh, a few uh, recommendations uh, from you Abdu, after, after the recording for sure. See if I can defeat my wife's uh, chili cravings. Amazing. Well, one more question. I'm going to let you go. Uh, and then uh, Chris, Chris can uh, take over for part two. Um, but we have an ongoing Spotify playlist uh, called the Framestore Podcast Dailies playlist on, uh, on Spotify, which I've said. And we like to add a couple of tracks uh, from our guests to that playlist. So, Abdu, what do you listen to while you're working? Um, most of the time, well, lately I'll see a lot of Afro music, Afrobeat mm -hmm. music. And that's my new... Uh new go-to that I'm listening to. And sometimes also uh, I like to uh, listen to anime okay. <laughs> music too. But Afrobeat right now is the the main, yeah. main go-to that I'm going to get. 
Amazing. Well, I'll, I'll be coming to you for some recommendations for the, the playlist, Abdu. What about you, Chris? Any any uh, recommendations for the playlist that you'd like to add? Is it for when I work or outside of work? It, generally when you work, but if you don't listen to music when you work, then it could be... When I work, it's really difficult to listen to music. Like, I want to be yeah. focused 110% because mm. everything else is just a bit of a distraction, unfortunately. So no music. Yeah, no problem. So what do you listen to when you're not working? So when, when I don't work, I listen to, I like, I quite like listening to uh, movie soundtracks. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Cool. No, 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 no lyrics, just, uh, just the sound. Just dramatics, dramatic music while you walk in the streets. Brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. All right. Well, I'm going to do the same with you, Chris. I'll be getting a few uh, recommendations for the playlist from you too after, after the recording. So that brings us uh to the close of our, our Monday episode. Thank you both so much. That was amazing. I want to return to Afro VFX at the end of part two, uh, where I want to talk about how people can get involved. But uh, for this episode, it's uh, see you both soon and uh, we'll see you on Thursday. Abdu and Chris, thanks so much. That was great. Thank you very much, Simon. Thank you for having us. You're welcome. Well, that was part one. Join us for part two of the Framestore podcast this Thursday, where Chris takes over proceedings as co-host and interviews Abdu. See you then.